the second to last chapter or second to last book of the Bible. It's a letter. Is Jude. I don't think we get there a lot. It's one page. We tend to flip through and all of a sudden we're in Revelation. But if you go to Jude, this one letter, just one chapter, there's no chapter to give, just verses. Jude, verse 24 and verse 25, it says this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And folks, listen to this line. To present you, whoever you are, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to our only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now, and forevermore. Amen. I, tell you, I, I think this scene right here, that phrase of being presented blameless in the presence of his glory, folks, I think is just one of the most incredible and awesome pictures there is. C- can you imagine this moment with me? I- imagine that you are entering the throne room of God. And I'm not sure room is the right word because there's a C in there. S-E-A. Most C's I've seen wouldn't fit in a room. But, but imagine with me that you're entering the throne room of God. And I believe that almost instantly you become aware that everything you're beholding is more than you can process. It is more than you can understand, more than you can comprehend. Right away, your eyes are drawn to the very center of this place. It's the throne of God. It's it's described as being made of emerald. Can you imagine that? An entire throne made out of emerald. And apparently this emerald is so beautiful. It is so brilliant. It is so bright that the scriptures describe that there is an emerald rainbow that goes over the throne. And from this throne emanates flashes of lightning and rumblings of thunder. I would imagine it is beautifully enticing and scary all at the same time. Around this throne or right before this throne is that sea. Kind of hard to imagine an entire sea, but there's a sea. That's what it says. A a sea like a sea of glass that is before the throne. There there is a light and a glory that, that emanates from that throne. And around the throne are these, these living creatures, four living creatures that are, that are beautiful, that are powerful, that are scary, that are wise. You are drawn close. You want to see it. You want to touch it. And yet you're stepping back at the same time. Along with these living creatures around the throne are 24 smaller thrones, 12 for whom sits the 12 apostles, 12 for whom sits the 12 fathers of the tribes of Israel. And you realize that in the presence of where you are is all the rule, all the authority, all the power that exists anywhere in time and space, that exists anywhere in the universe. There is no rule 
There is no power outside of this moment right here. And all around in the air and, and all around the throne are, are angels. They're, they're beautiful and they're amazing. There's no way you could number them. There's a, a multitude of these angels and these angels with the, with the living creatures 24-7 continually they are worshiping and praising God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. This is the most incredible moment you've ever been a part of. This is the most power. This is the most wisdom. This is the most beauty. You can't imagine ever again wanting to be anywhere else. You want to be right here forever. And yet you can't help but wonder... Do I belong here? I am so unlike everything I'm observing. This purity, this truth, this goodness, this holiness, this gloriness. I'm not like this. How can you not help but feel unworthy? And yet, right out of the center of the throne steps one. Who is Jesus? The Son of God. He's stepping toward you. This is exciting and thrilling and a little bit scary. You're not 100% sure you wanted to be seen. And you realize he's, he's beckoning you. He's calling you. I, I want to introduce you to the Father. You put your hand into His. It is the most thrilling, fulfilling, satisfying moment you've ever experienced when your hand touches His. He leads you up to the Father and says... Your child, holy, good, perfect. There is no spot, there is no blemish. Father, they are blameless. But I'm, but I'm not. I have blemishes on my face and my body. I've got blemishes in my relationships. I've got blemishes all over my life. I'm not perfect. I'm nothing like perfect. I'm not, gosh, in the presence of all this, blameless? No, I'm, I'm not blameless. I, I can be blamed for so much. How can Jesus say that? Actually, the answer, folks, is very simple and straightforward. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, along with a host of other passages, very clearly explain 
that it is by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the work of Jesus for us on the cross. Romans 5.1 says that when I trusted in that, when I depended upon that, that at that moment I was declared That's the operative word, that I was declared righteous, declared. It's not a statement about how I've lived life. It's not a description of my character. It is a declaration of my now legal standing before God. In God's eyes, I am declared holy and in right standing. I am declared blameless. So when we get to that moment in Jude 24 and 25, Jesus is simply fulfilling the promise. Jesus is simply finishing the work that he began for you and me at the cross. How incredible is this, folks? I am being presented to God the Father as if I had lived like God the Son. I just, I can't help but think in that moment right there, I will so wish that I had. I I had my moments. I had some awesome moments. I had some great moments of being like Jesus. I did what he would have done over there. I said what he would have said right there. I acted just like he would have acted. Yeah, I I had some moments that I was a lot like Jesus. But it's not a moment that's being presented here. It's an entire life. How do you not wish in that moment you had so much more lived like him? The scriptures called us to it, warned us of it. Paul says in Ephesians 4.1, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord entreat you, beg you, plead with you to live in a manner worthy of the calling by which you've been called. I've been called to be a child of God, to live like a child of God. And it is God's grace and it is God's forgiveness that enables me to do that, that frees me to do that. How shameful that I can treat his forgiveness as a free pass to sin without consequence. We're not saved to be a child of God, to continue living like a child of the devil. Every one of those verses I read earlier, folks, points to God's love, to God's grace, to God's forgiveness, and yet every single one of them pointed to a radical change that is to take place in our lives. We are not like we were before. You know, when I think about that moment, when I try to picture in that myself in that moment, it seems like it would be filled with such shame, such embarrassment. And yet, folks, do you realize today that as God with his word seeks to motivate and challenge you and me to live holy, to walk in holiness, that he's not scolding us with the finger of heaven. 
He's not seeking to tell you, you better clean up and shape up, or boy, are you going to be embarrassed. Boy, are you going to feel stupid. No, folks, the picture he places in front of us is you and I standing in the glory of his presence being presented in blamelessness. And did you hear the next word? With joy. Not with fear, not with guilt, not with shame, with joy. I stand there. May it be so. As we come out of the the Lord's table and we head into a week in which we will remember and pray over and celebrate the Lord's death and resurrection. Folks, let us remember why there was a death and a resurrection. It was to reconcile us to God. It was was to enable us to live like God. In the power of the resurrection, I can live like God. In the power of the resurrection, I can be holy as he was holy. Philippians chapter 2 says for you and me to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It does not say work for your salvation. It says work out. Take what has been declared of you. Take the truth of your standing before God and live like it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us to desire you more than the world, more than our sin. Help us to be disciplined, to spend time in your word and in prayer, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, to grow in Christ's likeness. May that be our goal this day, this week, that I look more like Christ than ever before when this day draws to a close. Oh God, may we live our life in light of that day, that blessed day that we will be presented as blameless. God, we come now to a, a time of giving. Lord, may this be a place where transformation and changed life begins. God, so often it is our money that ties us to this world, that, that, that gives our heart a desire and a tie to this world and, and to the temporary and to living for self. God, may we give like you give. May our money lead our heart toward an eternal perspective and toward heaven. May we see our money not just a way of accomplishing our needs, but God, may we give in a way that we see our money being used to minister and to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh God, see us give with a heart filled with gratitude and that you would provide for us a moment before your throne 
that I could never provide for myself. In Jesus' name, amen.